Well, I'm excited to be in 2021, and one of the things that we often talk about at the beginning of the year is resolutions or what we're going to do different in the new year. And, and one of the things um, I've seen a ton on Facebook, I've seen people talking about their desire to read more, I've seen people talk about their desire to get in shape or work out, but one, one of the things that I've also seen people do is to talk about what they learned the most from 2020. That's all over the place. And, and really, this will kind of put into context what we're going to talk about today. One of the things that I learned from the last year, it's not something new, it's not something that I learned for the first time, but it's something that just became more and more clear and obvious, is that I have very little control over the circumstances around me. Did you learn that this year? We have so little control over what happens around us. And so at the beginning of each year, we usually make resolutions and we think about that next year. You know what, I, you know what else I learned this last year? That the most important thing for me is not having all of my circumstances line up the way I want them to, but the biggest thing that I need is to be connected to God. The reality is things can go really well and my heart and my mind can be in the wrong place. Or things can go very difficult, and it's easy if I'm focused on my circumstances or the wrong things to just get myself in a bad place. But one thing that was abundantly clear to me was that when I was connected to God, when I was praying, when I was keeping my mind and my heart focused on God, I was okay, no matter what the circumstances were. And so as we head into 2021, we are gonna start this year the same way we start every year, which is by praying and fasting. We are starting a series called Pray Like This. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna spend the next five weeks, this week included, talking about prayer. And we're gonna study a prayer that I think is pretty important. We're gonna study the Lord's Prayer. Jesus taught us to pray, and if there is anyone that I've ever seen that relied on prayer, that was driven by prayer, it was Jesus. If you read the Gospels, if you read the Scriptures, you will see time and time again that Jesus prayed. If things were difficult and his circumstances were tough, he would pray to the Father. If things were good, good things would happen, crowds would be flocking to him, what would he do? He would step away and he would pray to make sure that his heart and his mind were focused where they needed to be. He was constantly calling out in prayer, and the disciples noticed this. So there are two places that we see the Lord's Prayer. One is in Luke chapter 11. In that text, the disciples come to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, teach us to pray. See, obviously, they had seen something in Jesus and in Jesus' prayer life that they wanted, that they thought would be important for them to have. So they go to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, teach us to pray. The place we're going to be reading from is Matthew chapter 6. It's the Sermon on the Mount. It's right in the middle of it. And Jesus teaches us to pray. And so we're going to start in chapter 6 of Matthew, verse 9. And I just want to say, if you are going to focus at the beginning of 2021 on prayer, there's no better place you can learn to pray than from Jesus himself. So let's read verse 9. This then is how you should pray. And I, why don't you go ahead, I, I know you guys have probably prayed this prayer many times, so why don't you just pray it with me? Our Father in heaven, 
Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, oftentimes when we say that prayer, we would end with, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so Jesus teaches us, Jesus teaches the disciples and teaches us how to pray. But it's important for us to understand. I I just want to start. If we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer, I want us to understand what it is that Jesus is teaching us. Jesus is not teaching us a magic formula or the perfect verbiage to use to get what we want. This is, not, this is not something that has to be done verbatim every time we pray. What Jesus is trying to do is to teach us how to pray, to get our hearts and our minds focused on the right place. And so it's not necessarily the exact words, although these words are great and we pray it all the time and that's a good thing, but Jesus is trying to teach us how to pray. And so there's six petitions. That's five. This is six. There we go. There are six petitions in this prayer. These petitions are, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So there are six petitions in this prayer we, for this series, we're going to break it up into five. Next week, we're going to cover your kingdom come, your will be done together. But today, I really want us to focus just on verse nine, just the first petition. And that is this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. If I had to give you one thought that would guide, I mean, if, if you walk out of here with anything, I want you to hear this. The first thing we see when Jesus teaches us to pray, the most important thing we can do in prayer is keep God first. If we miss that, we'll miss the whole thing. Jesus starts by saying, keep God first in your prayer. So we're going to talk about the words, hallowed be thy name. But before we do that, I just want to take a short amount of time and I want to talk about those first few words, our Father in heaven, because those words are so important for us to understand prayer. So let's just break it down. The first word, our, our Father in heaven. I don't think it's an accident that when Jesus teaches us to pray, Jesus teaches us to pray as a community, to pray as part of the body of Christ. Look at the pronouns that are used in the prayer. Our Father in heaven, give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our debts, lead us not into temptation. So what Jesus is saying right from the start with that first word, it seems insignificant, but it's so important to understand as we pray that our prayers are not meant to be selfish prayers, but that when we go to God in prayer, we go to God understanding that we are a part of God's kingdom and we are a part of a family. And so we don't pray 
my Father. We don't pray, give me all these things. We pray as a community. See, our society, our world, believes in individualism, especially the Western Hemisphere believes in individualism. We make everything personal. We say that we've got to protect my freedom, and I have my truth, and my understanding. And in the church, listen, Jesus is a personal Savior. We are invited into a personal relationship with God and with Jesus, But when we enter into a personal relationship with Jesus and we have faith in him, we become a part of something much bigger than ourselves. We are a part of God's family. We are a part of God's kingdom. And so when Jesus teaches us to pray, he teaches us to pray as part of the body of Christ. This isn't a selfish, individualistic thing. There are places for us to be personal in prayer. But Jesus says, first, out of the gate, understand that when you pray, you are praying as a part of the body of Christ. The second word, Father. Our Father. This is important. Sometimes we can be tempted to think that God is disconnected from us. That God is this cosmic being that has nothing to do with us and we're just throwing these words up hoping that the cosmic God will grab them. But Jesus says, pray our Father. Why does Jesus say our Father? Because through Christ we are adopted to be sons and daughters of God. And so when we pray... We don't pray to this cosmic being that's separated. We pray to a father that loves us. And and that's important for us to remember. The last words, in heaven, our father in heaven. Sure, God is our father that loves us, but that doesn't mean that God is equal to us. If we think that God is equal, just another being, we're missing the point. God is completely God, completely holy, completely other. And so Jesus says the start of the prayer is our Father in heaven. We come together as the body of Christ. We pray to a loving Father who is the holy God that is over everything. That's how we start our prayer. And then we move into the first petition, which is hallowed be thy name. Hallowed is an old English word. We don't have a a much better word to translate there, so we use the word, how many of you use the word hallowed very often in your vocabulary? It doesn't happen much, but hallowed means esteemed, revered, honored, praised. Hallowed means that God's name is to be above. We are to esteem or revere or honor God's name above all else. And so we start our prayer by saying, hallowed be thy name. I just, let me ask you a question. This is something I have been very convicted on, especially as I have prepared for this message. Do you think that the world around us, that our community hallows the name of God? Do you think that the people around us honor and esteem and and glorify God 
to the level that God deserves it? Now let me make it a little bit more personal. Do you honor the name of God the way it should be honored? Do you, when you pray, when you walk through life, do you treat God with the respect and the honor and the esteem that God deserves? Let me tell you why I'm convicted on this. I love TV and I love movies. And I can watch a show or a movie and I cannot even notice the way that TVs and movies and our culture lowers God's name. There, there's a specific show that I watch, and, and I love it. It's a funny show, but, but this show uses the Lord's name in vain way too much, and I'm just being honest with you. It gets to a point that I fail to even notice it. And you know what's happened as I've studied this? If I'm going to pray hallowed be your name, if I'm going to pray that God's name should be put above all others, how can I watch stuff that treats God like anything else? How can I glorify God with my words, but take part in things that lower who God is? And so the first thing we pray is, hallowed be your name. Do we honor and revere and esteem God's name the way that it should be. When we pray, the first and most important thing we need to think about is honoring God and seeing God glorified in our world and in our hearts. Listen, as we start 2021 and we start focusing on prayer, we need to honor God. If we don't, we head down a road that we don't want to go down. Let's look at Scripture. I'm not going to read Scriptures to you, but think about in God's Word. When people approach God, when people are, are encounter the holy God, how do they behave? Do they treat God like just another person? Do they treat God casually? No, we see people, take your shoes off, you're on holy ground. We see people cover their face. We see people bow in his presence. We hear the words, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The God that we come to worship, the God that we pray to is the Almighty God and is worthy of honor and glory. And we cannot, we cannot treat God as less. And so Jesus says, when you pray, start by hallowing the name of God. It's more than that. We'll get to that in a minute. But I want to ask you a question. When you pray, well, first off, when do you usually pray? I, I, want you, I really want you to be thinking through this because if we're going to pray to start 2021, we better make sure that we know how to pray. So when do you usually pray? Let me ask you another question. When you pray... What is it that you start with, and what is it that you talk about the most in your prayers? Tim Keller is one of my favorite authors, and he says that when we pray, it becomes obvious what we worship, where we're focused. And so what we might find is that when we pray, we often are praying more about things and circumstances and ourselves 
then we are the Almighty God. Our prayers can tend to become selfish. How many of you have prayed the prayer before? God, if you could just get me out of this bind, I would so appreciate it. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand. I don't want anyone to have to confess this morning, but, but how many of you, just to yourself, you pray most because you're in trouble, or you pray most for things and not for the glory of God, to worship and honor God's name. Jesus says it has to start. It has to start by honoring the name of God. Let me tell you how this works. Some of you think, but we, we need things, but let me explain this. Circumstances are circumstances. God is God, and if we would start our prayers by worshiping God, our circumstances would be put in the place that they should be, which is down here. Because we often pray things like, Lord, help me to pass this test. Lord, help me to get through this day. Lord, help me to get this job. Lord, help me. And we pray for circumstances and things. And for some of us, and honestly, at times, it might seem like we're worshiping things and circumstances more than we worship the Almighty God. But when we pray, God, you are great, you are above all else, guess what? All of a sudden, that job or that test or that circumstance becomes small because the God that we pray to and the God that we serve is above all else. It's our Father in heaven. And so we start by hallowing the name of God, not because God doesn't care about our circumstances, but because first and foremost, God is to be praised and glorified. And when we do that, we understand the place of everything else. You might notice the six petitions, the first three are about God, the last three are about us and our needs. And so we put God first, and then when the time is right, we pray about the needs of our community, of our church, the body of Christ, and even our own personal needs. If we understand the power and the glory of the God that we're praying to, circumstances just don't matter that much. So that leads me to the next part, because the words, hallowed be thy name, these are words that I've prayed, these are words that I've read thousands of times in my life. And to be honest with you, I, I've never studied it as deeply as I have this last week or two weeks. And you know what I learned? I learned something new. I'm now a Greek scholar. I'm just kidding. I, I, I took Hebrew instead of Greek in college, and I know just as much about Greek and Hebrew. I, I mean, I know the same because I wasn't very good at Hebrew. But I do have access to this thing called the internet. And the more I studied, the more I found out about these words, hallowed be thy name. See, I've always taken these words to just mean that I need to praise God. Hallowed be thy name. So Jesus says, as you pray, start by praising God. Hallow the name of God. But the words that are used in the Greek, thank you, internet, thank you, scholars all over the world who studied a lot harder than I did, the words actually are the third-person imperative, which means nothing to me until I studied it further. And what it is, is that this is not just saying, 
hallow the name of God. This is, as I said earlier, a petition to God saying, God, make your name hallowed or let your name be hallowed in our world, in our community, in your kingdom, in my life. And so the prayer doesn't start just by, hey, start the prayer by naming all the good things that God has done. The prayer literally starts by us saying, God, teach us to know and honor and worship you. Teach me, Lord. Teach me to hallow your name. And so we ask God to teach us Listen to me, the the greatest outcome of your prayers as we start 2021, the greatest outcome of your prayers will not be changed circumstances. The greatest outcome of your prayer will be if you know the Almighty God and you learn to honor and worship the Almighty God no matter the circumstances. And so Jesus says, start with hallowed be thy name. Why is this important? Because it's way too easy for our prayers to become selfish, isn't it? Do you ever find yourself praying selfishly? One of the commentaries that that I read said that everyone wants to guard their own name and their own reputation. See, we tend to be selfish, to worship ourselves. But Jesus says, start by putting God first. Hallow the name of God. It's not our job to drive the prayer. It's our job to hallow God's name and worship so that God drives our minds and our hearts and our prayers. Do you get it? If we're driving, we're going to go where we go. And guess where we go when we drive? To messed up places. But God has a great will. God has a kingdom for all of us. And so our chief concern in prayer is not our comfort but God's glory. That's from Albert Moeller. Look at what happens just before Jesus teaches us to pray. So we have the Lord's Prayer, but right before it, Jesus starts this in Matthew chapter 6 by saying this, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. What Jesus says here, and I think I may have left it out there, what Jesus says is if your goal in prayer is to be seen by others, you can get that. You can look more spiritual, and that's your reward. Congratulations. Where does that get you? If you use prayer as a way to manipulate God to get what you want, how often, how often do you want things that you really don't need? Jesus says, don't treat prayer as something selfish. Don't treat prayer as a means to get what you want. But treat prayer as a way to first and foremost honor and glorify God Jesus says they have their reward, but the reality is if our prayers are selfish, the reward that we get for our prayers is going to be so much less than what God has for us, because God's will and God's plan for us 
is better than anything we could have on our own. I was thinking about this. We've been, in the family, we've been talking about planning a vacation. Our family growing up, we, we went on all these great vacations. We went to the Grand Canyon. We went all over the country. And, and I want my kids to see the, the United States. I want, I want them to see the world. And so we've been talking about how this summer we're tired of being cooped up. We're going to go somewhere really cool. And so we were talking to the kids the other night. And we were saying, hey, what if we went to Zion National Park? And I started to show them pictures of this beautiful, like these beautiful canyons and rivers and, and these beautiful mountains. And I was like, what if we went here and we could do all this? And, and I'm showing them this awesome, awesome place. And you know what my kids said to me? What if we went to Great Wolf Lodge? <laughs> and I wanted to shake them. Great Wolf Lodge, I mean, no offense if you love Great Wolf Lodge, that's fine. But, but we're talking about God's majesty and beauty of creation. We're talking about mountains and rivers. We're talking about a playground that God has given us, seeing some of the greatest places in the world. And my kids are like, nah, just, just give me a pool and a water slide <laughs> with a lot of, you know, infections floating in it. And I just think, man, if my kids got what they want, I remember one time I asked one of my kids, I said, we can go eat anywhere you want. This is your day. You know where we went? McDonald's. <laughs> man, if we get what we want, we often are settling for so much less than God has for us. And, and I like to joke about my kids there, but I remember when, when our parents, when my mom, who is the greatest vacation planner I know planned to take us to Hawaii. And we flew into Honolulu and we had a beautiful hotel and we were right next to Diamond Head Volcano, this beautiful place and these beautiful beaches. And you know what Robert and I did all week? We watched the NBA playoffs <laughs> and we swam in the pool. <laughs> and I think about the beauty and the opportunity to see something amazing and I missed it because I was too concerned about what I thought and what I wanted. That's how it is in prayer. Jesus teaches us to hallow God's name first because guess what? The circumstances and the requests that we have, they're something, but they're nothing compared to who God is and what God wants to do in us and through us and for us. And so Jesus teaches us to pray, our Father, we, the body of Christ, our loving Father, who is holy other, hallowed be your name. Listen, as we start 2021 today, first worship service together, I hope that we can start just by worshiping and praising God I hope that we can start just by treating God with the respect and the honor that God deserves. If we will do that, I, I can't promise you 2021 is going to be perfect. I can't promise you you're going to get the perfect job or have the perfect life. But I can promise you that the almighty God, who is over everything, loves you and has good things for you. And so, God, help us to honor your name as it deserves to be honored. We're going to close the service by responding to God's word. And I want to invite you to do something that might be a little bit 
uncomfortable or new to you. Gary's gonna come and play the piano, and this is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna open us up in a time of prayer that hallows the name of God. I'm gonna start by praying that God would teach us to put him first, and when I stop my prayer and walk down, I wanna invite you, if you want to, to step up to one of the microphones and just praise the name of God. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, you can do it right where you are, But we want to start 2021 not by saying, this is what 2021 should look like, God, but by saying, God, you are so good. Teach us who you are. So that as we walk into this new year, we can worship and we can praise and we can hallow the name of God. Jesus, we love you. God, we come into your presence today. And there's nothing better we can do than to know you and worship you and honor you. So God, I pray that your name would be glorified. I pray that you would hear our prayers. I pray, Lord, that today we would focus on you. I love you, Lord. I thank you for who you are. You are awesome. So hear our praise. Hallow your name now. In Jesus' name.